Okay, so, well, Brent plays Fall Guys, I'm going to yeah. open this episode uh, reading a book that I bought this week while browsing on Etsy to see what existed for... I mean, I was expecting fan-made Llamas with Hats merch, but I found official Llamas with Hats merch. And it's a short book called Llamas with Hats, colon, Babies, by Jason Steele. Um, and has a page that, uh, for the two llamas who were on the news because they escaped that one time, I don't know anything <clears throat> about you, but I wish you were still there, or were still free. Um, that's, that's the dedication <laughs> for the book. Is, is that a reference to something that happened like four years ago? Ah, uh, either that or the secret inspiration for Llamas with Hats was that Jason Steele saw a news story about two llamas that escaped. And <laughs> I, I, I do remember that happening, like in the relatively recent maybe, past, maybe but I don't, I, don't I don't remember when it was exactly. I don't follow the news that closely. Um, yeah, I mean that's just the type of thing that the internet will. Um, latch on to is escape llamas yeah. okay. so F fighting the system we open on baby paul and this it's a very visual book so i'll have to describe the panels or the pages um it's kind of like a children's book where you know each page is a full panel picture with uh some dialogue balloons um so open on baby paul sleeping in his crib um and sound effect Creak. And Paul sits up. Uh, hello? Carl? Is that Woo? <laughs> Carl? I know it, Woo. I. And uh, this is literally how it's written. It says, Carl, I know it, Woo. So, I'm reading these uh, verbatim. I'm gonna Jada, find you, Carl. I'm not scared. <laughs> Creak. Cow, come out! Stop it! Stop it, cow! And then baby Paul approaches a cardboard box that's been flipped upside down. Oh, what's this? Oh, who in there, cow? Cow! I'm lifting up the box! And he lifts up the box, and there is a severed human arm underneath. Cow! And Carl comes out of the box. Uh, Paul. Why are we in the box with a severed arm, Carl? Oh, hey! How did that get ya? Um, and yep, it's, uh, it's Carl. I'm just a little baby! <laughs> what do I know about severed arms? I'm a little baby boo. Carl, you have to tell me or we aren't friends anymore. You have to tell me the truth. Okay, I tell Toof. I may have eaten a human being. I may have eaten them. Cow! I didn't eat the whole thing. I was a good baby boy. I saved Wu some. Who can't eat human cow? But I a hungry baby. I a hungry baby and I need human flesh. Cow! Okay, I saw we. I won't eat it human no more. I been bad boy, I know that now. Thank you, Carl. Uh oh, oh my God. I put my diaper. 
that's gross. I poopied my diaper a lot, and his diaper is indeed full of a lot of poop. Oh Wowie zowie, what does little baby eat? Cow, what's happening? And there's like these yellow tentacle things coming out of his poopy diaper. I pooty a bad thing. I pooty a very bad thing. Cow, baby no like this. Baby won't go back to bed. Looky, the tentacles are forming into some sort of pattern. And uh, they formed into a giant staircase ascending up through into the sky. A staircase? Why did your pooty turn into a staircase, cow? We gotta climb it. It might lead to heaven. Cow, this is hard. I don't want to climb anymore. We have to get to heaven. The angels are waiting for us. Maybe the human I eat is up there. Then I can eat them again. Cow. Why you always eat it in the humans, cow? It make me wonder if do a bad llama. Look, we made it to heaven. We in heaven now. I will show this is heaven. It looks weird, Carl. Uh, and they're standing at the gates of heaven, which is like a big kind of bluish stone wall with these like gold spikes. Um, eat heaven, and we angels wow. now. Bok bok. Let's go to oh, the gate and reclaim the god. Uh, let's go to the gate and reclaim the kingdom from the gods. Oh. Some may, uh, some may deride my hubris, but I say it is hubris <laughs> to not want to eat it a god and claim their celestial kingdom. <laughs> I don't understand what we're talking about, Carl. I'm just a little baby. This place is giving me the creepies, Carl. I want to go. Not before I see at least one angel. Where are all the angels? Baby, want to see some angels? And they find a giant purple thing with kind of a crocodile mouth and green tentacles and one big eye. Uh, uh, is that an angel cow? I don't like it. It's scary. I don't know. I've never seen an angel before. And purple thing speaks. Ah, Paul, there you are. And you're a baby. Is everything okay? Oh, how do you know my name? And what I'm, uh, uh, Carl. And what am I? Ch chopped baby liver? Okay, I don't know what's going on, but it looks like you might not be in control of this, so I'm gonna do a quick modulation to see what happens. And suddenly, Paul is adult Paul. Uh, oh, no. hey, feeling better? Where, where? Oh, yeah, no, I've been doing baby Paul. Let's see, what does adult Paul sound like? I guess similar to baby Paul, except less. Uh, okay. <laughs> just, just with no Yeah, the words. same amount of whiny. Where am I? Why was I a baby? Where is Carl? Oh, boy. I'm not really the one to answer those questions. I'll schedule you for additional trauma therapy and make a note to check in more frequently. Okay, thanks. Look, I hate to just leave you like this, but there's a lot of emergencies at the moment and not enough support staff. Can you think of anything you'd really like to be? 
something you'd find relaxing. It's a temp fix, but probably the best I can do at the moment. I, uh, I really like the moon. It's big and consistent and has a lovely glow. Ha! Huh, the moon it is. Alright, I'll see you again soon. Keep well. And Paul has transformed into the moon, except it still has the, the flower hat. Maybe this was a mistake. <laughs> it's hard to believe in myself as the moon. And now he's... Oh, he wow. is the moon. He's floating over the earth. Nothing hurts the moon. Asteroids slam into its surface, but that just adds to its texture. I'm nothing like that. I'm not the moon. Everything hurts me. There's nothing I can do to stop it. I'm just a big baby. And he's still the moon, but he's got a diaper now. <laughs> nope. Sorry. I shouldn't leave you alone right now. And the purple thing, he's back, and he's hugging this diaper moon. You're coming along on my rounds until I can get you some full-time support. So they travel through a forest, and they find a human face puddle on the ground. How's it going today, Tina? Still be in a cool puddle? Yeah. Hey, is that the moon? Yep, sure is. I love the moon. And uh, Tina the face puddle has suddenly spread out to cover the whole ground. Whoa, look at you, Tina. It's the moon's tidal forces. It's turned me into an ocean. Amazing. Thanks for coming today, moon. You're welcome. And that's it. <laughs> this is apparently <laughs> Paul's epilogue after he died off screen in Llamas with Hats. That he's gone to some kind of alien heaven, which is like trauma therapy for all of the just shit he went through with Carl. Oh my god. Yep. Also, the book came with a pocket man's card uh, featuring Horse Friend, who has 666 Horse Shine, which is, you know, it's HS instead of HP. Um, it is type Horse and Friend, has special ability, the greatest friend you will ever know. If you ever need words of encouragement or a warm, comforting hug, look no further. Their hooves occasionally emit a harmless blue gas. Weakness, knives, daggers, and betrayal. <laughs> so, I don't know if the pocket man's card you get with your official film cow merch is different every time but that's the one i got well that just means we have to buy more film cow merch mm. and uh yeah there's a bunch of other very strange books on their etsy shop <laughs> <laughs> That was stupid, but that was to be expected, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting a book called Llamas with Hats Babies to actually be the epilogue of Paul in heaven following yeah. Carl destroying the world. I'm pretty sure, like, the whole second half of Llamas with Hats is just, uh, is just him saying, like, look, I don't want to make the llama show anymore. Just stop asking for it. Yeah, so, I mean, because that, I remember pretty on brand. Like, in college, I'd seen up to part four, because that's all that existed, and saying, like, okay, this was fun. And then, like, a couple of years ago on the show, we, you know, you mentioned, I think, that there were other episodes, and I watched the rest of it, and I just rewatched it after reading this book, and yeah, like, halfway through, uh, Paul, well, like, I think it's like episode five or six, Paul decides he doesn't want anything more to do with Carl and he locks himself in his apartment and won't come out. And so 
Carl starts talking to this, like, demon mask of Paul that he's, like, projecting a personality into that's also egging him on to keep doing worse stuff. And that's, like, the whole back half is just that. And it's not as good. Yeah, it's... It stops being a comedy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which, like, I... I respect it in a weird way, but it it's just not a comedy anymore. Yeah. Um, no, it's like I it's kind of a comedy, but it's still it doesn't have the same rapport that they had when they had the two characters on there. It's pretty much just Carl talking to himself. Yeah. Um But yeah, now with uh, the baby version, we've completed the saga. Yep. Just as the Charlie the Unicorn saga has recently been resolved. Hmm. Um. I don't. I don't remember if we talked about it or not. But the the last uh, part of Charlie the Unicorn came out like what? Maybe like six months ago. Yeah, I remember watching it. Although I hadn't paid as close attention to Charlie the Unicorn, so... I mean, I had no idea what's going on, but that's just par for the course with Charlie anyway. It's it's all like a drug trip. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite part about the Charlie the Unicorn finale is... Uh, there's like an otter that that's singing... Uh, like a really sad song and there's a like I, I think a, a living coat made out of human flesh mm. that is apparently in a romantic relationship with the otter mm. yeah, um, yeah. makes sense and he starts rapping about um, how hot otter butt is so mm. <laughs> so that was pretty good um yeah, again, it's hard to talk about comedy. <laughs> because, like you're just you're just saying jokes that were probably done better um in the actual thing, right? Mm. Yeah. We also have like a million topics this week because you watched a bunch of stuff and I watched a bunch of stuff. Yep, I watched all the Marvel things and A Star Wars. Hmm. Um, so should we start with the ones that we've both seen, or, um... But, um, I think we could start with, I guess, Kenobi, since it's the only Star Wars thing. Alright. Um, and you've already seen it, and I've just watched it recently. Yep, and I'll just go ahead and say from the top, spoilers for everything that we talk about in this episode, and now we don't have to oh, worry yeah, we, about that anymore. We... We have no, uh... We, we have ten people listening, and if they care about... <laughs> no filters. Yeah, if they care about any of this stuff, I, the stuff... The top... I, I try, as I'm editing, to write down all the stuff we cover for at least... If we spend at least, like, five minutes on a topic, I try to write it down so I can put it in the description for things that we talked about that episode. So, just check the list. You can see everything that's on there. Uh, I'm too lazy to actually track down, like, timestamps for things, but, yeah, just hit the skip button a bunch of times if you don't want to hear about it, I guess, or 
pause and come back later. Um, that's fine too. Yeah, I, I mean... So, Kenobi. It it should have been a movie, uh, mm. first of all. Yeah, um, recently a few people have like edited... I've seen this like a two and a half hour cut and a four hour cut of the show edited into a movie. Which, it originally was a movie. <clears throat> the, the guy who wrote the script for the Kenobi movie that got cancelled after Solo bombed at the office. Um, said that this is like a stretched out version of the script that he wrote for that movie. Yeah, and it it really shows because there's there's like three episodes where everything happens and like one or two episodes where nothing happens. Uh, yeah, and then you've got that part at the end of what's it like episode either four into five or five into six where. Obi-Wan's on the ship with everybody and they're escaping and he's like I need to go so I can lure Vader away and like no you can't go and then you get to the start of the next episode and it's the same discussion again it's like well I need to go it's like no yeah. you can't go it's like we didn't we just do this like I watched him as they came out weekly and even then it's still like isn't this what they were doing last week this exact same discussion yeah. there's a there's a lot of padding to hit the word limit yeah <laughs> uh, or the the word count, like I I mean, like I like the relationship between um, Kenobi and Leia, mm. but also, um, they maybe half of that was just redundant, um, mm. and like, like they did did they ever give a name to the uh, the Inquisitor? Um, uh, which one? The, the, the third sister? Uh, uh the, the main one. Riva? Okay, so they did give her... Because I, I don't remember them saying her name in the thing. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure it was said in the show. I mean, I, I followed enough of, like, the toy news to know that her name was Riva. But... Okay, I... I never remember them saying it, but I might have missed it. I mean, because, I don't know like, if they gave what her I, name was before she became an Inquisitor. I assume it wasn't Reva when she was a Jedi. Yeah. I... Yeah, spoiler alert, she was a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, they recently show a bunch of kids getting... Well, I guess the kids don't get murdered, it's the teachers who get murdered, but still. They show the Order 66 attack on the Jedi Academy as the opening scene... And it's because Reva is one of those younglings. Um, yeah, and, yeah, Jade, they're not kids, they're younglings. Yeah, yeah, and, and she becomes the main villain of the show, although she gets a little bit of redemption at the end. And I think, like, for a lot of the show, she was effective as a villain, even though she's unlikable as a villain, because she's just angry all the time. But I think the part where I she really started to work as a character for me is when they revealed that she's just trying to get close to Vader so she can kill him, and that's like yeah. okay, this is cool. Like her her motivation for revenge against Vader is like the only thing that one hundred percent works. Like the rest of it, it's just mm. like they they set her up with like this re- relatable motivation like oh i was just a kid and then he killed me yeah and then killed my 
Some... teachers and friends and everybody. Yeah. Then I was too angry to die. Yeah. <laughs> literally, literally too angry to die. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also, and it's still, it's, I don't know why they bothered to kill the Grand Inquisitor and then have that thing where it's like, actually, I just survived because I was so angry. And, like, we knew he wasn't dead anyway. He's the main villain of season one of Rebels, which happens after this. Yeah. So why the fake out? It, it was so dumb. <sighs> I I guess for people who didn't watch Rebels. I guess, but, like, I, I don't know. It seemed like they'd be better off just not having him in the show. Or... Yeah, I... The, I don't know. The whole thing with the Inquisitors in general... Because, like, there's, what, like, three Inquisitors in the show who actually do anything... One is the Grand Inquisitor who dies. One is uh, yeah, Reva. Yeah, it's Reva, and then there's the kind of Asian-looking one who's just mad at Reva all the time. And then there's yeah. another one who's just around, who's like the sidekick. Yeah, she's the Asian-looking one. Yeah, she just hangs around in the background and doesn't really do anything. Yep, she's there to sell toys because you know there 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 is an action figure <laughs> of her. I don't remember the name. I want to say it's like Fourth Sister or something, but. <laughs> what an original <laughs> and groundbreaking name that is. Yeah, no, um, I, 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 the whole naming convention of the Inquisitors is a thing from Rebels, and I never really thought it was that great that it's like, okay, they're all like brothers and sisters, and they have a number for their rank within the hierarchy, I guess. So the Grand Inquisitor is the first brother, and then there's a you know, second sister was the main villain of um, Jedi Fallen Order. Although I assume there's also a second yeah. brother. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's you know, first brother, second sister, third sister, fourth brother. You know, it, it's a number, and also gotta identify their gender because yeah. that's that's important for the Inquisitorius <laughs> to know what gender they are. <laughs> Like you, like in in the world of uh, like in this sci-fi fantasy world, um, I'm sure that there's some there's some um, like sentient sapient species who don't uh, yeah either like gender non-conforming or like things that have three genders to their species yeah <laughs> like oh my my species has sixty nine genders um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um okay you you get to be the you get to be the ninth sibling then okay there you go yeah (laughs) because like like the empire still has to have an hr department right like Mm. uh, yeah and like like the inquisitors the idea originally i think came from the dark forces games which i didn't play i don't remember i don't think those characters had those kind of titles to them though there was just like inquisitor jarek um but but anyway kenobi um the vader i mean i feel it feels weird having obi-wan and vader meet up in between episodes three and four but the Vader scenes are also maybe the best scenes in the show. 
Um, They're easily the best scenes in the I mean, show, like, the thing where, you know, he, you know, corners him and decides, I'm not going to kill you, I'm going to drag you through fire. It's like, that's, yes, like, like, so fucking intense, which, I mean, also makes it kind of disappointing when he just lets him go after, but... Um, yeah, like, Darth Vader can walk through the fire. Yeah, and <laughs> he, he just force-dragged him through the fire, and it's not like he moved that far. It's like, just reach out with the force <laughs> and pick him up and fling him over to you. It's like, what are you doing? Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of little things like that that uh, are annoying. Yeah. Um, but, like, their, their fight at the end was super cool, especially, like, when his mask gets cut and it's like, Hayden's voice blended with James Earl Jones' voice. Yeah, like that that final scene makes everything worth it, I think. Mm. Um it's just like to to get there is such a slog. And even like Vader's fight with Revo was cool because it's like he's not doing he's you know, it's it's he's Vader now. He's in this clunky suit, but he's still a badass because he doesn't even have to move that hard. He can just like stop your hand. And push you away right. without, you know, having to exert himself that much. Right, he basically does that thing where, like, the the villain fights with one hand behind their back. Yeah. Um, except with with magic force powers. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like, the, the highlights of this show are great. Um, it's, it's just... So much shit doesn't happen mm. <laughs> at at times. Uh, yeah, like the the final scene with uh, Obi Wan and and Vader is I don't know maybe the maybe the best Star Wars scene <laughs> uh, mm. since the last time they fought. Uh, you know, outside of you know. Uh, Clone Wars, maybe, mm. like live action. Well, I f- I'm forgetting about the Mandalorian, but uh, I don't know. I it just uh, what was I trying to say, Jade? Talk for um, me. Um, I need I need you to give give an opinion out of my voice. Okay. Uh, let's see what kind of stupid ass opinions I could shove in your voice. Oh no. Um, <laughs> Oh, uh, okay, Kenobi stuff. Let's see, what else interesting happened? So we talked about Vader, we talked oh. about Reva. Kenobi's good at being Kenobi. There's, or UN. there's that rebel woman who dies, yeah. whose name I forget. Um, she's not important. <laughs> she oh, she gave Leia her, her holster. Yep, oh, yeah, that's, her, that's the a, origin of Leia's classic holster. Yeah. You know the the one that is always focused on. Yeah, I mean throughout the whole original trilogy. Yeah, well, we had to find out, you know, where Han got his last name and his boots and his gold dice. So now we're finding out where Leia got her holster and that little robot that she always had with her in every scene of uh, <laughs> the original trilogy. Right. The little robot that is all it, it's very clearly trying to be uh, the next Baby Yoda. Like, there are so many, yeah. like, interactive electronic toys that they made, you know, and, like it, like, it launched alongside the show. Like, they were anticipating, like, this is going to be popular, right? 
because people love our cute little droids. So we're going to make a cute little droid, and then we're going to make toys, and the toys are going to be there right alongside the show when it launches, so kids won't have to wait to go get their cute little droid toy. And I, I don't keep up. I don't know if kids actually care about this droid or not. I would imagine not. It, it doesn't seem like it's hit nearly as big as BB-8 did when uh, Force it, Awakens came out. It doesn't really even have much personality. Like, it just flies around and, like, barely beeps. Yeah, and gets reprogrammed to go evil and betray everyone. Oh, yeah. I forgot that happened. Mm. <laughs> but it sure does, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, it gets a red eye and everything. That's how you know it's evil. Yep. Um, yeah, like to, to I mean, I, 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 what I was trying to say is like the, the only thing that really works for me about it is, you know, Kenobi Invader and the, like Kenobi basically like accepting that it it was kind of his fault that Anakin went to the dark side, but not really. Mm. You know, like like letting go of the guilt. Yeah, yeah, um, that was his emotional arc of this. Yeah, and aside from that, none of it really had to happen. Mm. Um, but yeah, it it might be the first time that Darth Vader actually felt like Anakin Skywalker. Hmm. To, to me, because yeah. usually, I don't know, usually, like, there's a pretty, like, they don't really act the same at all. Yeah, uh, you know? well, yeah, because of the way they uh, made Anakin when they did the prequels, he didn't right. really fit with the personality that Vader had in the other things. And it, I mean, it does seem a little extreme that he has gone so far in the, like, cruel direction that, you know, like, the, the Anakin we see in the prequels and the Clone Wars is now, by the time of Kenobi, become a guy who is just, like, torturing people in the street to try to draw Obi-Wan out. Yeah. Which... They they don't do a good job of setting that up in the prequels, but they do a great job of setting that up in Clone Wars. Mm. Um, by just having him go through like a, a lot of really like they have him commit like very terrible acts like over the course of the show that are like halfway justifiable. Mm. So he comes off as like the guy the guy who maybe goes a little too far to get things done mm. which transitions into him you know joining the dark side yeah but like in the in the prequels themselves like until until palpatine like completely has his hold on him he doesn't really do anything like that mm. like like luke actually has more um like scenes where he's like going towards the dark side in the original trilogy than Anakin does in the prequels, I find. Mm. Well, aside, well, the when he murders all the Sand people, it, was that in the second movie or the third? The one? second. That, okay. Well, never mind. I I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean that like that's in the second, but also the 
prequels weren't as focused. Uh, like, the original trilogies are... Like, it's an ensemble, but a lot of it is Luke's story, primarily. Um, yeah. In the prequels, it's like half Anakin's story, half Obi-Wan's story. And those two halves, sometimes, like, a lot of times go off in separate directions. Yeah. So it doesn't it, really get to dwell on the character as much as the originals did with Luke. Yeah, I Yeah, I was trying to say nice things about Obi-Wan, but then I just keep um going back to like all the all the like three hours of stuff where nothing happens. Mm. <laughs> uh I mean we've also we've got um, other topics too, so should we yeah. move on to all the Marvel stuff? Yeah, we probably should. What what do you want to start with? Well, you also watch Rewatch Shang Chi, right? Yep, I rewatched Shang Chi, and I've seen uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, which I guess, I mean, I assume you're trying. Are you trying to avoid spoilers on that one? Nah, not really. Like unless they're like super groundbreaking, like Thor dies nah, type stuff. Not. Re- I mean, there is a big death, but no, it's not Thor. So, um, well, I guess it is a Thor. Spoilers. But oh. <laughs> Natalie Portman dies. Yeah, no. It turns out that terminal <laughs> cancer actually does kill her in the end, um, and it's sad. But also, uh. it's fine because it's like, of course, yeah, they brought her back for one movie, and that's all they're getting her for. But there is a cool post-credit scene where you get to see her going to Valhalla, and she meets Heimdall there. So, okay. Yeah, um. I don't know. There's a lot of cool stuff in the movie, but. And I don't know why the reviews are so middling on it. The movie is awesome. It's it's a really, really fun movie. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's... Uh, like, the, the villain, um, it's um, Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher, who is possi- is like one of the best villains they've done, I think. Uh, nice. He is a guy who... like the, the movie opens on him, and he... He's like him and his like I'd say like probably like ten year old daughter are like dying in the desert because their planet is just a wreck and they are like devoted to this god of plenty who they you know, are praying to for you know to come and save them but the god doesn't show up the daughter dies and then Gore finds this oasis and finds the god is just like hanging out there. With a bunch of other, you know, weird, quirky fantasy creatures. like people made of flowers and stuff. And he's celebrating because he's just killed this assassin with this weapon called a necrosword that can kill gods. And, you know, it's like, yay, we just killed this guy. This is great. And Gore shows up and he's like, where were you? My, you know, all your followers are dead. Your planet's dying. And the gods just like, yeah, whatever. I'll get more of you someday. And so Gore <laughs> renounces him. And the god tries to kill Gore, and then Gore picks up the sword and kills the god. And the sword kind of corrupts him, but also he's already on this path of, like, I'm just going to kill all the gods because they all suck. Um, and so, yeah, he's he's the villain. He's trying to kill all the gods. He um, ends up kidnapping all the children in New Asgard in order to lure Thor because even though he does want to kill all the gods, he also wants to steal 
Stormbreaker, which is now the thing that controls the Bifrost, because the Bifrost, he can use it to reach Eternity, which is, you know, the, like, cosmic entity, um, which in, in this movie, it's, like, it, they, they do show it, and it's comic accurate, and it looks awesome. Um, but it, it nice. functionally, it's basically whoever gets to eternity first gets a wish. So he's trying to go there because he wants to wish to kill all the gods at once. Um, and so like the, the movie is, you know, like Thor and, um, Jane Foster is, you know, she's got terminal cancer, but Mjolnir, the hammer calls out to her and reassembles itself to, uh, let her become another Thor, um, which temporarily like staves off the effects of the cancer, but it it doesn't you know last until the end. Um, mm. and, but like for a while, she gets to be a Thor too, and they and, and also <laughs> oh no that bad, and also huh? Valkyries there, and and Korg. And they uh, go off to go find um, some allies to help them rescue all the children. Um, and that's where the Zeus scene comes in. Play, uh, Zeus, played by Russell Crowe. And he's just a big, dumb idiot jerk. Um, but they steal his lightning bolt oh, so they can... That is Zeus. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun scene. It's the scene that I really... When the movie comes to home video... I want to be able to pause that scene and just see all the weird, fun god designs in Zeus's big god auditorium. Um, but yeah, they steal his lightning bolt so they can use that to fight Gore. Um, and they... Um, yeah, let's see. They, they track him down. The You know, there's fighting and stuff. Um... I don't know if I should spoil... I mean... Yeah, I'm not going to spoil the full ending. But it, it's really fun. That's fine. And also, unlike another movie that we're going to talk about later, which I complained about a year ago when I saw it, uh, which is Black Widow, and its cardinal sin mm -hmm. of harming a plushie um, for drama, uh, <laughs> this movie does the opposite, which is amazing. Um, the, there is one, oh, one wow. of the children that gets kidnapped... You know, who they show in a lot of the shots. She's, like, clutching this, like, plush rabbit. And I was worried the whole time, like, Gore's gonna rip that thing apart to scare her or something. And he doesn't. I mean, like, he does kind of scare the children because he's a creepy monk guy. And he, like, this, this is really fun scene where they're, like, they're sitting around, the kids are all sitting around, they're all, like, stuck in this, like, spiky cage thing that he's got them trapped in. And they're telling stories about Thor and cool things that Thor did, and that, like, one time that Thor uh, cut off uh, Thanos' head. And then Gore shows up, and he's he, he brings out this, like, shadow monster snake thing, and then he rips its head off, and the kids all scream, and he's like, oh, you, you liked that a minute ago. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but there's, a, there's a kid, she's got this, like, plush rabbit, and in the final fight, you know, Thor needs to, you know, help the kids be able to defend themselves against all the shadow monster things. So he gives them temporarily the power of Thor and energizes all the weapons that they're holding with Thor lightning powers 
So the rabbit gets energized with lightning powers, and the girl's like shooting lightning <laughs> beams out of a plush rabbit, and it's it's nice. amazing. So that sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. Okay, so now we can talk about Shang Chi and the the legend of the ten fingers. Yep, the legend of the ten rings that don't fit on human fingers, but maybe they fit on dragon fingers. Because in the comics, the rings all belong to a dragon originally. Nice. Yeah, uh, wow, I mean, does the water dragon at the end of the movie even have fingers? Um, the Lego version did. I don't remember. On, okay. It, it, I, I don't remember if it's got four legs or if it has, like, more than four legs. But each of the legs has, I think, like, a three-talon claw. Okay, yeah, like, it, it was, uh, it, it wasn't shown very, in detail very much, so, mm. like, it was, like, in motion the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to see. Um, but it, anyway, uh, I love Shang-Chi. Mm. Um, it's my favorite Marvel movie since Endgame. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think as Phase 4 movies go... It's between Shang-Chi and Thor Love and Thunder for which one's the best one. Like, the other ones have all been fine except for Eternals. But, um, yeah, I mean, for, like, actually stand out really good, want to watch it again multiple times. Uh, yeah, Shang-Chi is, it is really yeah. good, a lot of fun action, some good characters, you know, like, like the Mandarin, you know, Wenwu, like, he's really cool. Um. Yeah. See, like they, the sister's they, really cool they, too. Like, I'm excited to see what they yeah, do when she. she is. I assume you saw the credit scenes, right? That she's yeah. taken over the, the ten rings. The and, ten rings. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm assuming that's gonna be like a Captain America, thing later. Yeah, maybe. I mean, or that the, somebody has to deal with like some kind of like not super powered. Um, Person yeah, the only has to connection to Shang Chi since it's come out is um, Ms. Marvel has this like Indian, well, it's like Indian design bangle, but it has a similar kind of energy to the Ten Rings, and there is a flashback showing that it was found in a ruin that had the Ten Rings emblem like carved into the floor, but also it was on hmm. an arm that looked like it might have been like a Kree alien arm, so seems like the rings and the bangle are connected to some potentially alien heritage. Yeah, like, I mean, at the end of the movie, Wong seemed to imply that it was, like, not even part of the universe. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean... It, that's that's what might, I got from it, it. It probably is, like, a multiversal thing, because... Ms. Marvel isn't yeah. finished yet, but it is... Like, the Bangle is connected to this group that are, like... They, they came from another multiverse, but they got stuck in this one, and they're trying to open a portal to get back, but if they open the portal to get back, it'll allow some kind of evil energy, something, to destroy the world. So they can't do that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah, like there's shit. Like, they're 
They're definitely leading up to Secret Wars, but aside from that, I have no idea what's going on in the MCU. Mm. <laughs> uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it's going off in a million directions, and um, Thunderbolts is probably the first big crossover we're going to get, and then Secret Wars will come once all the multiversal stuff is played out. Yeah. yeah let's see. Um... Yeah, like, I don't even have anything, like, specific about uh, Shang-Chi that I really like. Like, just, the whole movie was good. Mm. <laughs> like, it was fun, it was just a fun time to watch all the way through. Like, it it, it feels like a phase one or two um, movie to me, where, like, the, everything with phase four is that, ev- ev- like, every single detail has to tie into something else. Mm. Um, like, aside from Moon Knight, which we'll talk about later. But, yeah, no, Shang-Chi um, is a very, like, standalone story with, like, some cameos that don't really make a di- you know, like, the Wong cameo. It's fun, but it doesn't really change anything about the story. Right. Aside from giving a reason like for he, Wong to come find him later at the end. Yeah, like, he, he shows up, he has a scene, and then he leaves... Um, and then he comes back at the end to, to say the thing about the rings. Yeah, yeah, to give a vague teaser for why Shang-Chi will return in the future. Yeah. Why the ten rings will return. Yeah. Yeah, they did, yeah, they said the ten rings will return, not that Shang-Chi will return. Yeah. Which is strange, but... You know what they they set it up in the movie, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I don't. I I'm completely done with trying to predict anything that's going to happen, aside from the obvious, like Secret Wars. Mm. Which did, did they actually announce that yet, or they is that just obviously what they're leading up to? Have, they have not announced that. Um, I know in I think August. When Comic Con happens, Marvel's gonna do a big like announcement thing of uh, projects they have upcoming. Because at this point, the last time they had their big announcement a couple of years ago, um, most of the things they've announced have either come out or are close to coming out. Like I think movies-wise, um, we've got Black Panther two coming later this year. Um, and then that, Captain Marvel that 2, sounds like... Ant-Man 3, Fantastic 4, and Blade, I think, are the other ones that they've confirmed. For, and Thunderbolts has now been confirmed yeah. as a movie. I think as a movie, it might be a Disney Plus show. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird lineup, because, like, you've got Black Panther 2, which feels like it it has to be a mess right <laughs> like it, at least production wise yeah no losing um, their main character and then like it's going to introduce namor who i guess has been like there's like photos of him on the set now yeah. um i know in in the comics like isn't atlantis and wakanda like very antagonistic with each other yeah i think so so that that makes sense um yeah, they, they were both introduced through Fantastic Four in the comics, so... 
Well, I guess Namor was around before that, but Namor was reintroduced to Marvel through Fantastic Four, and Black Panther debuted yeah. in Fantastic Four. Yeah, isn't it like Namor and um, um, who was it? Uh, Johnny Storm um, mm. are like the original two Marvel characters. Uh, well, the the original Human Torch was a robot Human Torch. Human Torch, I, I forget. Yeah, Johnny I Storm is an Johnny Storm <laughs> is also the Human Torch. They they brought the concept back, but the original one was a robot. But yeah, Namor, okay. Captain America, and Robot Human Torch were the original like nineteen forties Marvel characters. Yeah. Before there was a Marvel Universe to speak of. Yeah, I think even before they called themselves Marvel Comics, they were probably still timely comics back then. Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, like I, I mean, I, I understand why it took so long to get Namor in a movie, because um, he's just a fish man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's... I mean, if he had to headline his own movie, it would just be like, my world got destroyed and now I'm angry. And that's his whole thing. He's just angry. Yep. He is Aquaman, so... Yeah, he, well, he's, he's pissed off Aquaman. In yeah. tiny shorts with he, he is, wings on his, his ankles. He is Justice League um, uh, cartoon Aquaman. Yeah. He's angry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was that was that was not even funny. Um, ironically, I apologize. Mm. Um, but anything else about Shang Chi, or should we move on to Black Widow? Uh, um, the only thing I'll say about Shang Chi is that I I really liked the beginning of the movie when it was just like a martial arts movie. Mm. Um, like when it actually got to like the midpoint and they started having all the magic battles and shit i was less interested yeah because i've seen all that before yeah um yeah, yeah and like but, having you know when be persuaded by a demon voice imitating his wife is kind of weird yeah like I the mean, guys I, lived for like what two thousand years, thousand years or something. And, it it was it was at least a thousand. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, well, yeah, well, no one ever said villains had to be smart. Um, but also I I get it because like they they set up that. Like, oh, he's been alive for a thousand years, and he finally found something worth living for. Um, and then he lost it, tragically. And then he remembered that he was an asshole. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I get What's it. What's funny with the scene where uh, there's, like, the, the, the go to Talo, and there's the guy... It's like an old guy with like a beard and he's like yelling at Wenwu about something. He's like, don't take that tone with me, young man. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> because he is like pretty hundreds cool. and hundreds of years older than that guy. Right. <laughs> but, 
there, there's a lot of good like small moments of comedy in the movie mm. um like it it has maybe the least annoying like bombastic sidekick character mm. out of any um she has some really clunky expository recent. dialogue but aside from that she's fine yeah it's just any time she, she that she says, we've well, been bro. friends for ten years. Yeah. Who, nobody talks like that. Nobody keeps track of the number of years that you've been friends and reminds you of it when they see you. Yeah, like, it's awkward, but also, um, it's not terrible, and she's fun. Mm. So... I mean, I, I don't think there's too many, like, terrible sidekicks in the MCU, but, uh... Yeah, they, they don't do as many sidekicks as they did back in the early, um, uh, things. They usually, if someone's a sidekick, they just get elevated to, like, full main cast. Yeah. It was weird how she learned to use a bow and arrow in, like, a day and a half. Mm. <laughs> but, I mean, that's... Whatever, it's an action movie. She has to have her cool action moment. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, if Pepper can uh, be a secretary that has a cool superpower fight, then why not? Mm. And then not do anything <laughs> for like the next 30 movies. Yeah, and disappear while her contract is waiting to get renewed. And then come back for like one scene in Homecoming and then like one scene in Endgame I guess two scenes, she gets yeah. an armor suit by the end of Endgame yeah she's in the big action moment yeah, um, you get to be reminded that she's one of the many strong female characters in the MCU who who don't get their own movie yeah. <laughs> Like that—that's the thing with like even with with Black Widow, they like, um, like they they they're pushing this whole thing about well, in 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 Shang Chi too, like they they push the whole thing um about like you know strong prominent women, but also there's been two movies with a female main character, mm. <laughs> so it kind of falls flat. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I guess three soon. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, Black Panther two is going to have a main female character because they couldn't have the main male character that they wanted to have originally. Um, yeah. and then yeah, like Captain Marvel two will have Captain Marvel and also Kamala. Yeah, and, and you know what? In Moon Knight too. Mm. Um. Well, that 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 one it wasn't really because she was a woman. It's because like there, there's a all the way at the end. Um. There's a there's a girl that asks like, "Are you an Egyptian superhero?" And she said, "Yeah." Yeah, like and that scene like, is kind <laughs> of clunky, but I've seen the behind the scenes of it, and it's like okay. The way the scene plays out, it feels awkward, but I get yes. that it is actually meaningful for like the people involved and the people who 
like the, the the point they made in the behind the scenes is like you know like so many like even if there is ever an action woman she's got straight hair and it i guess it's like a whole thing like women will just like straighten their hair because they think like you can't have curly hair and also be a cool badass um and yeah, yeah we get this like curly hair tan skin badass woman um and she is really cool like i'd like i'd you know like some confirmation that we're getting another season and she'll get to come back but you know the one scene we got of her flying around i mean her her powers are basically falcon powers except she has swords which makes it cooler yes yeah she's she's the cooler falcon yeah Yeah, i mean she does all the wing metal wing shit that falcon does but also they're magic wings because it's you know egyptian god stuff so they can bend and do things and stuff and also she's got you know two curved swords yeah also, we're off of uh, Shang-Chi. It's a really good movie. Yeah, it's the best yeah. one in a while. Um, we're talking about Moon Knight now. Okay. Moon Knight kicks yeah, ass. Yeah, no, Moon Knight <laughs> is like the best of the Disney Plus shows, probably. I mean, yes. I don't know. WandaVision and Loki also have a lot of good stuff about them, but Moon Knight is... It, it works as a standalone thing. Um, yeah. It doesn't reference like anything else. There's like an offhand mention of like, oh yeah, there's also uh, a spirit realm. This is like a different afterlife you could have gone to. That one's really cool because uh, that's the one from Black Panther. But yeah. Um. My my favorite thing about Moon Knight is that it's not afraid to not be an action show for like half of it. Mm. Um, which uh, outside of maybe WandaVision, um, is it's the only one so far <laughs> that isn't afraid to just take completely complete episodes off without any type of action going on. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, which, I think the biggest problem with Moon Knight is that I wish there was more of it. Like, yeah. The six episodes feel short. It's like we don't even get to see Jake Lockley until the like end. Or like, I guess you do technically see him at times, and you just you don't know that that's him. But they don't yeah. actually talk about well, they, him they, until like the mid. They black him out. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Uh. Would he be the like the last um, personality? <clears throat> uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, in the comics, the, the, those are the main three. Um, Mr. Okay. Knight, the the costume that uh, Steven wears. In the comics, Mr. Knight is a separate person. But in this one, they decided to just, you know, make it a suit for Steven, which is cool. I mean, it, I, it, if anything, makes me interested to see what Jake's suit looks like. Although it seems like it's probably just the regular suit. And it's just, you know, when Jake is in charge... He'll just, you know, get a lot more brutal than Mark or Steven is willing to get. That's what it seemed like. Um, that it, it was probably just the regular Mark uh, Moon Knight suit. Yeah, they're like Jake is a lot more practical. He is basic. Like he he is the persona that was created to protect Mark from all the harsh things in the world. It's like Steven. Steven's there to give him you know like protect his innocence 
but Jake can take punishment and dish it out. Yeah, that the like I you know I was listening to one of that intentionally blank show, and Brandon Sanderson you know his interpretation of like the flashback scene where um, uh, Steve or Mark creates the Steven persona, you know, in response to his abusive mother. The scene cuts away before the mother's about to beat him, and that. Brandon thinks that that is where Jake comes into being because Stephen doesn't seem to remember at all that the mother was abusive. So the times yeah. when she was being abusive is when the Jake persona came in to take the beating, and then Stephen would come back out and you know, go about his happy childhood, and or you know, f- like fluctuating between Stephen or Mark being in charge in those moments. Yeah, uh, the whole the whole multiple personality thing, like it, it works well. It's just kind of awkward to talk mm. about. Um, yeah, I mean, from my understanding, it is about as good of a depiction as they could get in what is an action show, where you know, because it's an action show, one of the personalities is going to be the violent one, and that's kind of a bad stereotype that multiple personality yeah. things usually feature it's like you've got you know a bunch of fun quirky personalities and then you got the murderous one but i mean it's because right. it's an action show about a mercenary yeah he does have a violent persona among his personas but aside from that from what i've heard it's you know a pretty good depiction of that condition Yeah, like I, I, I just uh, I'm not really aware of like how much uh, like personal trauma would play into it. Mm. So, like it, it's kind of hard to talk about like the the ending when they when they actually like realize um, like what what's going on. Uh, I mean, I, I, I they imply that like Mark always knew and he kind of just like stuffed it away yeah i mean well that because that's part of how the dissociation forms is that you you know actively deny that these other personalities are in you know you they're the same body you you know separate those personas to the degree that their memories become separated um, that they are effectively yeah. separate people. Yeah, I'm. Also, I can see why um, uh, Moon Knight started out as like a Batman ripoff, mm. <laughs> uh, because like when when it's just the action shots, it, like yeah, um, yeah, he's got his moonerangs. You know, uh, he doesn't in yeah. this show have like the high tech stuff of like. Uh, the moon plane that looks like the Batwing. Is it is it actually called the moon plane? I don't remember the name of it. I just know he has like a fighter jet airplane, but it has this big crescent moon wing shape to it. That that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's like if if Batman was bright white for his color palette. And also resurrected by an Egyptian moon god, 
and also later on they decided uh, he's got multiple personalities yeah. because you know it's not just that he's playing these different roles, which is what he originally, you know, the Steven and the Jake personas were just characters he would put on, but they decided yeah, let's yeah. really make that more part of his personality. Yeah. Also, it they acted the hell out of uh, of this show mm. in particular. Like, um, oh, what's his name? I always forget his name for some reason. Um, um uh, it's it's the main fucking character. Yeah, I, I, no, I'm I'm spacing out too. He, he was Apocalypse in X Men Apocalypse, is, and he's Poe Dameron. Is it Oscar, Oscar Isaac? Yeah. Yeah, I. Yeah, I remember fuck. his character. I don't names. know why I can. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can never remember his name for some reason. Uh, it's two first names. Um, he he acted the hell out of like multiple roles in this show, mm. and he switched between them um, on a dime at at points, and it it really it really helps sell what could be very. Uh, very awkward and very uh, uncomfortable, mm. um, if if not done well. But like he he changed like like not just his voice, but like his mannerisms uh, and everything. It it was it was cool to watch. Uh, um, I don't know. That's all I got to say. Mm. <laughs> uh, should we say anything about Black Widow? I know you've seen that one too. Yeah, it's it's fine. Mm. <laughs> like I don't, I don't. Like the the worst, the worst part about it is the fucking Nirvana song at the beginning. Mm. <laughs> like the 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 slow sad um, smells like Teen Spirit, which is just awful, and I don't know why. Because it's the nineties. I gotta yep. let you know that she was a kid in the nineties. Yeah, like it. It was okay when it, it was in Captain Marvel. Um, it it's less okay when. Uh, at least Captain Marvel did the okay actual songs and not you know the movie yeah. cover of the song. Yeah, like like it's a fucking um, Gears of War three cha- uh, f- four trailer, mm. <laughs> like. Like, what are you trying to do here? Does Gears of War have smells like Teen Spirit in the trailer? No, they have... I think it's Break the Chains. It's a slow, sad version of Break the Chains. They they should replace that with Smells Like Teen Spirit. They should. (laughs) (laughs) But they they replace all the lyrics and all they have is load up on guns. Mm. Um, Uh, Did you see any other shows then? Did I? I don't think so. What else is there? <laughs> um, oh, Doctor Strange two. Yo, yeah, but I I watched that first. That's why I forgot about it. Not because it's forgettable. Uh, um, I don't I don't know how I feel about it to be honest. Uh, it's it's. I feel like it's a lot like Thor: The Dark World or Iron Man two. Where it's not a great movie, but 
it's fun enough if you're not really thinking that hard about it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's I, mostly I can, like I can see how you feel that Wanda. You know, a lot of people hate what they do with Wanda, um, and like Stephen Strange. I never felt like his whole relationship with uh, what's her face was anything. Christine. Yeah, yeah, and then like trying yeah. to still trying to make it a thing. It only felt like it was a thing in that one episode of What If. Which also felt laughable yeah. because it was trying to make a thing out of something that wasn't a thing. And also because she kept repeatedly getting hit by a car. You know, even when <laughs> she gets out of the car. car, the car just runs her over because it's just chasing her all <laughs> over the multiverse. The funniest part to me is that it is the same car yeah. every single time. Yeah, the car um, was just waiting in downtown to hit her. Yeah. Um, the... <laughs> The car is uh, Reed Richards from a. The car is Reed Richards from a different dimension who has to set the timeline straight. So he just keeps killing, killing Christine. Mm. That's my head cannon. Mm. Um. Yeah, it. I just because he's such an asshole in the first one, right? And like that. That's the point. Like he, he's such a dick mm. that when he finally realizes at the end that. Hey, other people exist uh, and have feelings. Yeah, I mean, he learns um, selflessness. Like, it was never yeah. about romance. It's about him and his relationship to everyone else. And him dealing with his own hubris, really. Yeah. And after that, it kind of feels like he has nowhere to go. Um, yeah, well, yeah, because like, all of his like Avengers and Spider-Man appearances are just... He's the magic guy who does the magic stuff. Yeah. And so they have to try to dig a conflict out of that. And what they came up with is he feels really bad that he never got together with Christine. And also feels a lot of doubt about whether his, you know, there is only one way thing from Infinity War. If there really was only one way. Or maybe there were other ways and he just denied that possibility. Yeah, I, I, I don't really buy that one either. Yeah. Um. Because like the the only other way that they show, um, in this movie, is that he he reads the fucking Necronomicon and then dies. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He uses the evil book and defeats Thanos, but somehow that makes him a bigger threat than Thanos, and so Black Bolt has to kill him. Yeah. But we don't really see... Like, by the time we see Black Bolt killing him, he doesn't look like he's dangerous. He looks like he's accepted the fact that it's like, yeah, yeah you guys do need to kill me because I'm too dangerous now. Yeah, like, they they don't even really imply that he did anything super horrible. Yeah. But just that, like, he, he was just vaguely becoming evil. Yeah. Yeah, um, and that means that all Doctor Strangers everywhere are terrible. Yeah, that that's that's another thing that was weird, is that they kept saying like, "Oh, you're the same in every universe." <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Why do you believe that? Like, aside from Charles Xavier, who's like, everyone needs a second chance because that I don't know which I I, I want to say it's Days of Future Past. That he was pretty much quoting himself from Days of Future Past in this movie. Yeah. 
That, like if if yeah, somebody I've... stumbles and loses their way, they're not lost forever. I I want to say that's a Days of Future Past quote. I God, why they have to kill off like all the superheroes? I'm tired of shit like that, to be honest. Yeah, it was, um, it was a fun cameo, and then they murdered them all. But it was another universe, yeah, like it, so I guess it doesn't matter. Nope. Doesn't matter that this whole universe is without their superhero team that was probably barely keeping the whole world together. Yeah, it's uh, fine. They've got Pete's Papa. <laughs> yeah, he's so badass, he beats his, his own self up. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> <laughs> that that was so out of place. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought like, I love it. Though. Bruce Campbell, I guess, tweeted a like Photoshop mock-up of Pizza Papa as a Marvel Legends action figure, and he comes with like a bowl of pizza balls and a caption that says "Pizza Papa always gets paid." <laughs> I I love how I love how much the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they stole pizza from him, and he said, you gotta pay me, and so they made him beat himself up for, like, yeah. three weeks. They Yeah, they stole from him, and he was just kind of justifiably a dick about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he punches himself for three weeks straight. Like, yeah, okay, it's so because Dr. Guess... Strange is awful. Yeah, he's, he's still an asshole, is the, the takeaway from that, I guess. Yeah. This is why Christine will never love him in any universe. Yeah. I, w- I wonder what our universe's um, Pizza Papa looks like. Hmm. I bet he's an actor. Yeah. I bet he was in the hit USA drama Burn Notice. <laughs> this is where I found out Jade has never seen Burn Notice. Well, I mean, it's not my go-to for Bruce Campbell uh, thing. No. He is in every episode, though, so it could be. Mm. I I watched Bird Notice um, a lot when I was... When did it start coming out? Like, late 2000s? Early 20s? No, Somewhere late 2000s. Around, yeah. I watched it a lot, mostly because of Bruce Campbell. Mm. <laughs> and then they they made a whole TV movie... Where it, it's it's just him, like the the main character spy uh, guy is not there. Mm. It's just Bruce Campbell on like I I think like a Caribbean island with a a bunch of uh, rebels and a, a guy that like runs the island. Okay. Um, okay, we're not talking about Burn Notice. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I I don't even know what genre it is, if it's a comedy or uh or what. It's it's a it's I know it's like it's, it's a like drama a but USA it's a TV drama. Something. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing ads for it, but I never saw it. Uh it's it's, it's just about a, a a spy who like somebody kicked him out of the spy club. And so now he's stranded in Miami um, with no connections. So he kind of just has to go do things and find out what happened. Mm. 
um, so he can get on with his life. Mm. Um, and also, Bruce Campbell's just an old guy that he knows, um, who is like connected to the criminal underworld. Okay, so Bruce Campbell isn't but, the main but, character. No, he's he's the he's the old guy best friend who, um, you know, like he's like a dirty old man, uh, who like goes to titty bars and drinks mojitos all the time. Mm. And I think he hits on his mom, but I don't remember. On the main character's mom, not on his own mom. Yeah, because he, he's from he's from Miami. I, I, yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's good or not because it's been like ten years since I've seen any of it, but I feel like it's probably good, mm. or at least decent. But don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to figure out what streaming I mean, service it's on. I think I watched the whole thing on Netflix like ten years ago. Oh, okay, but there's there's like there was like five seasons, mm. <laughs> and the, I I think they're hour long episodes, so it was like forty hours worth of stuff. Yeah, you can just watch watch the whole MCU again. Yeah. Speaking of Netflix, one of the many other movies that I watched was Mitchells vs. the Machines, which was a Sony Pictures animation that was released through Netflix. It's like advertised as the oh, same. So that's... It's the same group that did like the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs movies and Spider Verse, although it feels more like the Cloudy movies to me. Yeah. It's more. You know, f- dysfunctional family, uh, very quirky comedy. Um, it was fine, I guess. I didn't, I don't know. The review, between the Spider-Verse pedigree and the reviews, I think I was expecting more out of it than what it was, which is, just, it's a fine family animated movie. Um, that kind of, I mean, it, it feels very timely in a way that will probably make it feel very dated. Um, because yeah. it, it's, you know, it, main character is the, I think her name's like Katie. She, she's going off to college to art school because she wants to make films because she's been making like weird, quirky YouTube videos with a lot of like Instagram filters. And because the movie's <laughs> from her perspective, they, integrate those kind of Instagram filter things all over the movie in a way that's, you know, like in Spider-Verse, that kind of stuff works because they're trying to imitate the style of a comic book. So they do a lot of comic book things of like narration boxes popping up and like, you know, sound effects and stuff. It's like, I, I get and appreciate those, but I have such a deep disdain for social media that when they're doing these like Instagram like kitty faces on people's faces it just feels stupid um, I think I, I am I am too old for this movie slash yeah. not part of the right uh, subsets of society to really enjoy a movie where the main character is all about this like social media type stuff and the main conflict is between her and her father, who is the polar opposite. He's a guy who wishes everyone would just put their phones down and look each other in the face and go out into nature 
and cut down a tree and build a log cabin and stuff. You know, he's Mr. Outdoorsman, and, you know, Katie is all about the, the tech stuff, and then... So she's going off to college, and he decides, because they get into an argument, that to try to make it up to her, he's gonna, instead of letting her just fly out there to the college, they're gonna do a family road trip, and so lots of misadventure stuff, but also, um, the not-Facebook company has decided that they're, um, it's called PAL. And they've got this, like, phone app, like a Siri kind of thing. It, it, you know, it's like an AI assistant, but also it's like your best friend and it has, it is like a full living AI. It has a personality and everything. But the CEO decides, meh, let's toss this out and uh, get an upgraded version that has a full robot body attached to it. Which is like their big exciting selling point that your phone now has a body and you can tell it to go do things and it'll go do things. And this will that sounds totally not go wrong in any way, which it immediately does because... Uh, oh, is that where the robots come from? Yeah, because because it's like we're going to you know remove... <laughs> so stupid. Because you know, we've got this new version. Instead of having phones, you're going to have robots that have phones for faces. But because he rejected the original AI, that AI seizes control of the whole network and sends the robots out to capture everyone and lock them up in these little glowing hexagon things. Um, which it does by shutting off all the Wi-Fi in the world. So everyone starts freaking out about not getting a Wi-Fi signal and willingly throws themselves into the little hexagon things because they can get Wi-Fi there. Um... Except for oh, except for the Mitchells family because you know they see this robot takeover thing happening and the dad smashes all the phones and then they have to deal with robot apocalypse and also you know the interpersonal conflict. Yeah, so I I have two things about this movie. One, I didn't know it was Netflix, mm. but that explains why I haven't heard about it much since it came out yeah. a while ago. Yeah. Um. And two, I've seen the Doom music video, mm. <laughs> uh, and that's all I really know about it. Yeah, I mean, they, they didn't have the actual Doom music in the scene, but it is, yeah, the um, kid brother gets captured by the robots, and the mom flips out and goes all action badass beating up robots. That That's the only scene I've seen from the movie, and all I can say is that I like mm. it. <laughs> Yeah, Aside from that, I it's have like, no idea. it's a fun movie if you're not like me and feel a deep level of cringe anytime social media <laughs> is essential to the plot of something. See, you said cringe. You're you're a Gen Zer already. Mm. I guess I don't know. No. I was born in 1990. I don't know what that means for what generation I'm supposed to be. That means you're based. <laughs> I guess I don't know. That's that's a term that's not even in my vocabulary. <laughs> Being born in the nineties is base. Being born in the two thousands is cringe. Okay, I've never heard it. I mean, I've heard people say "based," <clears throat> and I never understood what it meant. It, it's. It. it I mean, I, I was I was gonna. born in nineteen ninety, but I didn't start really having 
thoughts and opinions until the 2000s. I still don't have thoughts and opinions. I'm just uh, just a, a stick mm. um, with a head and arms and legs. I mean, my, my thoughts and opinions but... were Bionicle's pretty cool. Uh, this Martian queen in this Duck Dodger show is super hot. Um, I have a crush on this Phoebe girl who I just saw in this Pokemon game I was playing when I was 13. Um, yeah, that's... That's my 2000s thoughts. <laughs> my 2000s thoughts is I want to fuck this bird lady. Which one? I should know this. Hot girl. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, not really, but I had to exaggerate for comedic effect, right? Yeah. You don't have to deny it. It's <laughs> it's fine. She's I mean, pretty hot. I mean, if Hot Girl was in front of me and she was like, let's do this, I'd be like, fuck yeah, but... You wouldn't you know, have much of a like... choice. I mean, she would make you... <laughs> <laughs> you would have to vehemently say wrong. no. <laughs> yeah, but then I'd have Green Lantern on my ass. Hmm. Um, uh, he's a pussy. He wouldn't do anything. Yeah. So let's see other things I saw. Uh, so I came across. I think it's a, it's like a Paramount Plus show, but I don't have Paramount Plus, so I'd forgotten it existed. But there is a SpongeBob spinoff called The Patrick Star Show, and I got the first half of season one and watched it. And it's <clears throat> fun. I mean, it feels like late season SpongeBob where everything is quirky and weird. And doesn't it's not even trying to make sense. Um, it's I, I, it's weird. It's like it's kind of a prequel. I guess I guess it's a prequel as much as SpongeBob has any continuity to it, because it's like teenage Patrick, and sometimes like teenage SpongeBob and Squidward will show. Well, Squidward he's an adult because he's older than them, but like they, they will see? sometimes show up. Like. I, I, like, it, the ages were already, were always vague, so. Mm. Yeah. Really... I'm not sure. I haven't seen the Camp Coral prequel where they're all kids at a summer camp, but. Because that's well, that, another thing. That's non canon because it has Sandy in it. And she, mm. she didn't arrive till later. Yeah, and I think Sandy shows up in the Patrick Star show, too, so. And the Patrick oh, well. Star show, he has a mother and father who. I know there was an episode of the show where his parents were there, but then it turns out it wasn't his parents because they're all idiots and they don't know who each other are. Um, right. But he, he has different parents in this that are presumably actually his parents. And also a sister who is a squid. You know, I mean, Squidward, his name is Squidward, but he's an octopus. His yeah. Patrick's sister is an actual, like, pointy-head squid. Um and patrick is he he has his own like just weird random tv show that he's like his sister's like a producer you know behind the scenes keeping him on task as he's performing this show inside of a giant tv that is attached to the side of his house and they perform the show for people who like come up to the house to watch the tv um but also, they just go off and do all kinds of strange, random things. 
Um, so it, it's pretty much a SpongeBob show where the Patrick actor is the main star, and Tom Kenny will show up sometimes to be a SpongeBob cameo. Yeah. But well, mostly it's the Patrick actor doing the same kind of random whatever stuff. That that sounds like it would get very old because the Patrick voice is pretty grating. Mm. Um, I mean, I like him generally. He's just a big <clears throat> dumb idiot. But um, I, the, the show, it's fine. It's whatever. It left very little impression. Yeah, that's what you want out of a show. Mm. It's a babysitter show. You plop your kids in front of it and you go off and do something else. Yeah, like I don't. I think a lot of shows are kind of ruined by binging. Mm. You know, like episodic stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. So like, then I also saw the uh, Mila Jovovich <clears throat> movie Ultraviolet, which has like an 8% oh, yeah. rating on Netflix, or not on, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Because it's really bad, but also it feels it's like... It's bad, but it's badass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it. I found it really fun, because it's like a movie that is bad, but it's like not trying to be good. It's just, yeah. it's like the most cheesy action anime of a movie that I've ever seen. Yeah. It, it's, it is not... It is not trying to tell a great story, and that's good because it does not do that at all yeah um, no it's it's Milojovovich being a ridiculously sexy badass who gets all the yeah. one-liners and is just like fighting an evil corporation that wants to use a virus to control the world or something and then there's a kid and his blood is the cure i guess or whatever and also there's vampires and <laughs> and then there's just like ridiculous like the evil corporate like the the first time they go to an evil corporate headquarters there's like this like really bad cg overhead shot and it is shaped like a biohazard symbol like the building is shaped like a biohazard symbol and then the big action scene at the end they go to a like a building complex that is shaped like a giant cross it's it's just stupid but fun yeah, that was one of those movies that came on like TNT a lot. Mm. <laughs> or, yeah, or, they probably or, got like, it for FX cheap. maybe. Yeah. Um. So like, I would I would see it like once every two months or something. Mm. Uh, um. Yeah, it's it's fun as hell. It, it is. It is very stupid. Um. There's like no writing to it at all, so mm. you know. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's all cliches. Yeah, it it's it's one of those things that like came off the Matrix, I think. Where mm. It's like people like kind of sci-fi things um, where people kick really slow. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it and came have out really, re- really, um, really choreographed a- action sequences. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, although it's it's weirdly because it's PG thirteen, it's like weirdly bloodless. There's like early in the movie, yeah. there's a part where like a bunch of guards get like sliced through the chest by katanas, and then they just fall on the ground, and there's no blood and no cut, but they're dead because yeah. they got hit with a katana. 
<laughs> but yeah, like, I have you ever really... seen? Have you ever seen Equilibrium? No, I was going to compare it to Eon Flux because I think that had its live action movie around the same time. Yeah, and I mean, Ultraviolet's more what I was expecting when I saw Eon Flux is just this kind of stupid cheese. If if you watch Equilibrium, um, which is a, a, sim- a similar style of action movie, uh, it's it it's um, it it actually tries mm. to have a point. It I don't think it succeeds, but um, yeah, that's not as much fun. Yeah, there's a lot more talking. Um, because like the, I think the whole point of equilibrium is that like that um, emotions are outlawed. Uh, so, okay. Like people like take sedatives every day so they don't feel anything, and like the the one guy, um, he's like a a detective that hunts down people with emotions or some shit. Okay, so it's, it's event- stupid Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Does but does <laughs> let's, go, let's go with that. Does it feature Mila Jovovich in just constant midriff outfits? No, and that's why it's not as good. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. We should watch the Resident Evil movies. <laughs> mm, I've seen. I know I've seen the first one, which I've been told is the best, and it never sticks in my mind what's going on. It's like, like a red queen one. and there's a laser room. And I know yeah. the plot of the first game, and it's very, very loosely the plot of the first game. I I like I like the first movie because it's just like one of those horror movies where they're going through a haunted house mm. and a character gets picked off every like ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah. Um, and I, I like stuff like that. Um, I mean, if I can find it for free on like Prime Video or something, I might watch it. It's like, it's fun enough. Uh, or it might be all on, like, the sequels Tubi. are pretty terrible. I know Tubi has a lot of stuff free. Um, let's see what else did I watch? Okay, we talked about Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, so I finally got around to watching. The last two discs of Nadia, the Secret of Blue Water, and what was the secret? Uh, the the Blue Water, which it's like a gemstone, but it's actually part of a device that the Atlanteans, who are ancient aliens, use to <laughs> pilot their underwater UFO thing. Which they're going to use to, I think, destroy the world or something. Um, it's like the, the comparisons to Atlantis the Lost Empire are entirely... Like, a couple visual elements of it are similar. And partly that's because they're both based on Jules Verne's, uh, you know, 20,000 <clears throat> Leagues Under the Sea and various other stories. Like, but, you know, <clears throat> like uh, th- th- there are some things about it that definitely seem like maybe somebody in the art room on Atlantis the Last Empire had uh, seen this show at some point and you know they 
did like a similar visual thing, but otherwise the plot is it's nothing alike. Um, Cause yeah, let's see, what did I write down? Um, okay, yeah, the the show does it 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 really wastes a lot of time just doing I guess character development, but the characters just kind of keep developing in circles. There's like a will they won't they thing with Nadia and John. Um, John, he's like a the, he's like Milo Thatch except he's like a twelve year old kid, and he's just a big yeah. nerd who's got a crush on this girl <clears throat> Nadia who's like fourteen maybe, um, and she's kind of well, got a crush that's on old him. Old enough for the Japanese. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it, it, old enough that she's. You know, kind of running around in her underwear for the whole show. Um, but, yeah, because there's just, like, a lot of, you know, romantic tension that ends up breaking because John says or does something dumb and Nadia gets mad about it. Um, and Yeah, that's anime romance for you. Yeah, and then there's, like, the, the Team Rocket-style characters that they te- end up teaming up with for a lot of the show give them a lot of bad romantic advice and it's it's just a whole a whole thing it it goes on for a while they go off on these like side adventures they end up going like they're, they're trying to get to africa because nadia thinks that she's from africa because she doesn't realize that she's actually descended from ancient aliens or whatever um so they well, yeah, up... the aliens landed in africa jade duh well they apparently landed in i don't oh no I think they landed in the ocean or something. There's a whole pseudo-religious thing of, like, their their big red UFO is called Red Noah because it was Noah's Ark. Because when, you know, the, like, the Atlanteans ruled the world, it ended up, I don't know, society collapsed or something. And so they brought, <clears throat> like, they, they created humans, for one thing. They created humans in their image because they are a human-ish alien. Like, pretty much, they they look human, so they created humans. Um, but they they brought like humans and animals onto their UFO to protect them from the flood that happened from them fucking up the world. Um, and so yeah, all the religious like Christian mythology is based on these guys, I guess. Um. Yeah, no, they specifically say they created Adam, who I think you. I don't know. Like parts of this are blurring in my brain, because one, I watched it like a week ago, and two, in the time since then, uh, I watched a bunch of videos from, um, uh, what was it? The the the, the group you you sent me a video that there was like a group that did. A live-action retelling of the Majin Buu arc of Dragon Ball Z. Oh, um, Mega64? Yeah. I watched a bunch of their other videos, and they did videos <laughs> about Evangelion and End of Evangelion, which was from the same know. creator as Nadia, so a lot of the pseudo-religious bullshit from that is getting blurred in my brain with the pseudo-religious bullshit yeah. from Nadia. Um the 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 one thing about Evangelion is that all the symbolism doesn't matter. It's all about how much it sucks being a teenager having to fight in a giant robot. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The so I I can't remember if like the giant human that's supposed to be the original Adam or something. If that was from Nadia or if that was from Evangelion, but I don't re- I don't remember that from Ava. But uh, okay. I don't know. Maybe it's been a while. Yeah, maybe. Um, I know there was a thing with angels. Uh, yeah, I mean the Mega sixty four video was enough to convince me I should never watch Evangelion because it looks terrible. Um, Jade, you're in your thirties. You don't need to watch. Uh, you don't need to watch it. No. Yeah, no. I mean, it seems that's, like the kind of thing that people that, watched. That, that's because, a show for like teenage sad boys. Well, yeah, and also just because there wasn't that much anime in English at the time that it came to America, I think. So it's like, hey, we want to watch an anime with a bunch of cool images, and this is here, and it's on Adult Swim, so I guess we're gonna watch it. Yeah, it does look really cool. Yeah. But yeah, I just it sounds so depressing. Um, and like the Nadia show is sometimes depressing and sometimes not. Um, it most it generally ends happily. Like I think most of the main characters live. Um, Nemo, Captain Nemo, it was it was revealed partway through that he's he is also an, Atlant- an Atlantean. And he is Nadia's father. Mm. And he, I think, ends up dying at the end along with Nadia. He he had another son who went, like, missing or something. And he ends up becoming... They, they find him and he is the new, like, emperor of Atlantis. But his body's been replaced with a robot body that's hooked into this, like, big electric cable thing that keeps it running. And that gets unplugged. Huh. But then he uses his, like, final act to break the mind control on Nadia so she can destroy the ship. Um, so, like, he ends up dying and Nemo ends up dying and the bad guy dies. And there's a big aerial fight where they've got, like, an airship that they're using to fight the UFO over Paris. Uh, I think the Eiffel Tower gets destroyed, too. Um, nice. Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> but it's... Uh, yeah, the Red Noah lasers the Eiffel Tower, so that gets destroyed. Um, and, oh yeah, it's ne- Nemo's submarine, turns out it can fly like a helicarrier, kinda. Or nice. like a Meta Knight's halberd ship I, from, like, the Kirby games and Smash Brothers. I thought, I thought you were gonna say it turns into a giant sword. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's that kind of shape of a ship, I guess. I don't know. It, yeah, they they have their big airship thing and it fights and whatever. It's it's very superficially similar to the Atlantis movie that is the yeah. the reason why I started watching the show in the first place because people said that uh Atlantis ripped off Nadia in the same way that um Lion King ripped off Kimba the White Lion. And I, I I've never seen Kimba the White Lion I assume it's probably a similar case of some of the visuals are similar, but unless Kimba is the plot of Hamlet, it's probably not that similar. Um, I, I, it, it has been a long time. Like, I, yeah, I think it's pretty similar where, where there's like a lot of superficial similarities, but not, not yeah. anything that says like, you know, like it—it's less. 
it's like less derivative than um, Avatar and Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that if that's just a case of that they they're drawing on the same cliches, or if Avatar was really trying to do specifically the Pocahontas story because you know there's like Fern Gully and Dances with Wolves and other stories of like native population and uh, colonists and there's a romance and also uh, the blue people colonists want to destroy the environment and the natives want to protect the environment and so they fight yeah like I, I when it first came out um, and people made the comparison. I think they said like the script was the script was uh, the script was getting worked on for so long that it any similarities were probably coincidences because it it was being worked on like before Pocahontas even came out. Okay, so the the movie so, took so like twenty years. Yeah, like fifteen <laughs> years at least to make. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but that was... uh, I mean, it would make sense if the... Because a lot of those movies came out in, like, the mid-90s. So it was just part of the wave of movies about natives protecting the environment. Yeah. I mean, it... Like, I, I think the whole... Pocahontas thing with Avatar is kind of overblown anyway mm. um, like Avatar sucks uniquely in a way that Pocahontas doesn't <laughs> yeah um, but yep, can't, and can't now wait it's, for the sequel it's finally getting a sequel they played the trailer before Thor Love and Thunder and it's like cool that's a bunch of space images and I, like one line of dialogue where they're like this family is our fortress. And like, okay. <laughs> so that that's what you went with. That That's the big line that's... I mean, I guess family is, you know, a, a whole thing. I mean, it's Fast and Furious. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I was about to say, it's actually a sequel to Fast and Furious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fast and Furious, like after fucking... they, they go to space and they get blue cat people bodies, and now it's family. And fucking Vin Diesel's gonna come in in a fucking Camaro. <laughs> Except he's a blue cat person. <laughs> yeah. And his legs are so long that envi- he has to like put the seat way back. <laughs> we gotta protect the environment. <clears throat> that was a car. Mm. That was a car noise. <laughs> yep. See, it was ironic because cars are bad for the environment. Mm. Well, I mean, we don't Jay, know. Just, maybe maybe Pandora just... They got a lot of trees. They can absorb that yeah. much carbon. Yeah. They could absorb that much need for speed carbon. Yeah. Oh, Jade, guess what? I still didn't see the new Top Gun. Oh. Hey, yeah, the movie that was made for you, because it's the Planes movie. Yeah. The Did movie you know that, that has somehow was, uh... made a billion dollars. Yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that a movie that isn't Disney made a billion dollars, even though it's just another big, like, movie studio that owns everything. Yeah. But it doesn't own everything as much. 
Um, so that's cool. Yeah, I just I didn't know that like a military action movie would really have that amount of. I mean, I, like I get it seems like part of it is also just like good timing on releasing it around Father's Day and also the Fourth of July to just get all the yeah. middle-aged dads out to come watch this action airplanes movie. As as far as I've heard, it's just a a, a really good fun action movie. Mm. Like I, I haven't looked into it too much because I want to watch it eventually. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I briefly read the wiki summary, and it's not, like there's, there's a little bit of generational stuff of like Tom <clears throat> Cruise is playing the old pilot and he's training a bunch of young pilots, but then there's like some drama between them. Yeah, I mean that sounds. Uh... Like every movie ever made, but yeah, well, the, I guess that's how you make a billion mean... dollars: is you make a generic. Yet, well, I get yeah, like Marvel even does, the, you know, like you make a movie that's yeah. generic in just the right ways that people feel like it's like I'm seeing something new but also familiar. Yeah, I've seen Iron Man blow people up f- for the sixth time now. Mm. Yeah, I was also thinking it's it's so weird that of the core Avengers, Thor is the only one who's like still going in movies. Yeah, the you know like Captain America, yeah, he's past the torch, so this is going to be the Falcon, Captain America, and like Iron Man, kind of passing the torch to like Rhodey and his daughter. Except they're both also Disney Plus shows, but. Like Thor yeah. is the one who's gotten a fourth movie that ends saying Thor will return. So <laughs> probably a fifth movie maybe is coming at some point. And that well, there's it, still I never expected Thor to be that popular that he would be able to keep carrying movies. Yeah, like he is the he is the one that stands out between all the originals, right? Hmm. Like instead of uh, big green man, he's uh, like Shakespearean actor. Uh, yeah, type and, deal. And like part of it, is, you know, it's like Thor one and two were fine, but three really stuck a like struck a chord in a way that is giving you know more momentum. I'll disagree. To him that stuff. two was fine, but mm. I'll go with it. <laughs> I mean, two two was fine, mostly for the Loki parts. Yeah, like it it wasn't. It's it's not a terrible movie at all, but just damn. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you ignore everything it, with Malachi, then the rest of it, it was. It, it yeah, the family work. drama stuff is is all right. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what else were we talking about? Uh, well, we're, I, I, don't, I don't remember. We're closing in on two hours. The only other thing I okay. have on my list of things that I watched or read or whatever is that I read the first four volumes of Magu-chan, God of Destruction, which is a really cute manga. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about it. It's just, it's, it, it's this girl who finds this 
kind of octopus. It looks like like a little octopus with rabbit ears and a single eye, which says that its name is uh, I don't remember the full Ma- Magu something, but she calls it Magu-chan, and he's a god of destruction. Has he can shoot like a big laser beam and stuff, but you know she just treats him like a cute pet. And then this other character, you know, this like Naputaku is another elder god who, because his powers are so diminished, he now just looks like a starfish with a mouth. Um, and, and there's yeah. like other, you know, like cute, cuddly elder gods popping up and they have like slice of life adventures. Yeah, that's a weird thing that happens in anime a lot. <laughs> Uh, anime and manga mm. uh, just oh this horrible thing is actually cute and now it's my pet yeah or, or my friend um so how cute is it um pretty cute i don't know how to, <laughs> how to scale cute on a on a scale of bb8 to i don't know what's it what's a cute thing um an F4 Phantom. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely more on the BB-8 side of that scale. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm kind of just playing the type now. You know that, right? Mm. Like, I don't, I don't think jets are that cute. They're more cool. Mm. Yeah, they can't be cute. They have to be badass. Yeah. I mean, they can be cute if you write them, or if you draw them with big anime eyes. Mm. I'm sure someone has. Oh yeah, I've seen it. There was a, um, I think it was like a an Idol Master um, mobile game where they they put um, an anim- an anime girl version of one of the sci-fi planes from Ace Combat Seven. Mm. <laughs> so there you go. They can be cute. Um, so did you have any other... I mean, I know you did more Pokemon and stuff. Oh yeah, Gen 5 is really good. <laughs> that's that's all. Mm. Um, if you... If, if anyone is listening and you haven't played a Pokemon game before and you want to play one main Pokemon game, play Black or White or Black 2 or White 2. Um... I mean, there's also the remakes. Like, I think Hard Gold and Soul Silver are technically better, but yeah, also those were they're not. Four. Yeah, they're but also they're not technically main entries. They're remakes. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I I don't. I mean, you could play any Pokemon game and it's fine, right? Just mm. after after Gen Five, they kind of stopped caring. Hmm. <laughs> Like they 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 skipped out on the details. Um, yeah, no, they start getting into making everything like three D, which cuts into the amount of content they can put in. Right. Uh. Oh, by the way, I just won a game of Fall Guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it took two hours. 
pushed everyone else off the ledge. <laughs> well, I was actually playing the the team one where I got I got uh I got I did matchmaking with a partner. Mm. And uh the the last game was one where you're just on a platform and there's like swirling uh sticks that want to knock you off. Mm. And uh I it was it was me, my partner and one person left. Um, so I held on to the other guy <laughs> and I sacrificed myself so the other guy can win. Alright, so you did the Donkey Kong <laughs> Smash Brothers move. Yeah. <laughs> I did the oh, what is it? Um From uh Alien Resurrection where mm. the um, Winona Ryder has an alien on her, and she's like, "Let go." Mm. Yeah, you did like Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty, and you grab him and jump over the waterfall. Yeah, I did. I did the Yoshi Mario move where. <laughs> oh, so you sprung <laughs> off at the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm I'm that guy from Predator who like cuts his chest with a knife, mm. but also I'm I'm an I'm an idiot because uh, I'm a big blue and pink guy with with like a a clown nose. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's normal for Fall Guys world. <laughs> yeah. Also, I waved to the guy before I went down, so it probably looked pretty cool from his perspective. Mm. Alright, I'm done. Fall, by the way, if anybody wants to play Fall Guys, um, let me know. Mm. I, th- I think I'm pretty good. Yep, you'll have to test your skill. Prove yourself. Test your might. Fall Guys ring. Also, Portal and Portal 2 are on Switch now. I've played through both again. Uh, still holds up. They're, they're still fun. Yeah, I love Portal 2. I like Portal 1. Yeah, I played through Portal 1 in an afternoon, and then Portal 2 took me a couple days. Partly because once you get up to the part where there's like the gel puzzles, it kind of slows down, and I'm less yeah. motivated to get through that part. You you actually have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to like, you know, keep throwing portals around until you get the gel to land in the right spot. Yeah. The dialogue in Portal 2 is just insanely good, though. Mm. Um, Freaking J. Jonah Jameson yelling at you um, from beyond the grave. (laughs) Yeah, and Wheatley being a big idiot. Yeah. And uh, the voice from Pacific Rim is uh, the potato. Mm. (sighs) Pacific Rim is awesome. Um. How, how far are we? <laughs> uh, we're, we're up to two hours, so... <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can, um, we can close out. Um, so, in conclusion... Um, eat your family. <laughs> I, I don't know. Was that a theme that we talked about today? Uh, not really. Um, okay, Jade, I'm going to put you on the spot, okay? Okay. Dear Princess Celestia... Mm-hmm. Okay, now's your turn. I learned something very special today. (gasps) 
Yes. Uh, okay, so we're not just like passing this back and forth as like an improv. Oh no, I, I I told you you're on the spot. Oh. I I completely fucked you over here. Oh okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> Dear Princess Celestia, uh, go fuck yourself. I'm a princess now. <laughs> My oh, Little Pony, yeah. season three. <laughs> now streaming like ten years ago. Uh, it has been 10 years that that hurts yeah it hurts almost as much as when the mitchells versus the machines was showing like scenes of katie as a child uh singing along to dragosti dente which i realized is 20 years old now hmm it... yeah yep maya he I... maya who maya ho maya ha i think I think what what <laughs> I think what really got me was Dragon's Dogma being ten years old because I played that for the first time as an adult mm. and I was like, oh shit, the the stuff I played when I was a young adult is now old. Yeah, that means I'm I'm very old. <laughs> yeah, I mean the first time I saw Dragon's Dogma memes was in college, so I was an adult by then. Yeah. Which I guess was, it, the song came out in like 2003, so I wouldn't have actually really heard it until like 2009. So, but still, that's over 10 years. And uh, it's being shown in a movie as a thing that somebody really liked as a toddler. So, yeah. Time. We, there's only one solution. Mm hmm. Kill the children. <laughs> yeah, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> you see, Anakin was right the whole time. Well, I mean, he didn't kill that one, but I guess you couldn't kill him later, so yeah. it was fine. I mean, he tried. Mm. I think, like, for all intents and purposes, he did kill her. She just got better. Yeah, well, yeah, and then he let her come all, you know, be a inquisitor and stuff, because he's like, eh, whatever, I can kill her if I have to later. Yeah, somehow Raver returned. Mm. Yeah, it's just Star Wars. Somehow mm. everyone returns. Nobody's ever really gone. last name? Uh, they, they <laughs> don't give one. I, I assumed Reva was like Vader, where it's just a name that she took on. And it wasn't her original name. Her her last name is McIntyre. Hmm. Say it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense. Even though Reva, I mean, it's like short for revenge. Say it. <laughs> Do I have to? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> you have to, or else we can't end the show. Oh no, it's going to be another <laughs> two hour plus. That's that's fine, Jade. I've got all the fall guys I can handle. Yeah. <laughs> We're not leaving. <laughs> I am not I am not sending you my half of the recording. <laughs> what, until I send Eva McIntyre. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> Got him. <laughs> okay, I'm hitting stop. Yeah, I will too. That's the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>